Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and meet me at verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Paul is the writer of this illustrious book. And he says here in verse 17, under the inspiration of the Lord Jesus Christ, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As I was preparing to bring the word to you this morning, I'm remembering what the Lord spoke to us on New Year's Eve, what he declared over us that this would be a year that we would pray more in 2024. Say that. Pray more in 2024. Now say it like you mean it. Pray more in 2024. And as I have been just praying more and spending time with God more and studying his word more and acknowledging his presence more and more, I started to consider that people may think the word pray more in 24 is a boring word. (laughs) We've got some great words that are out there about 24. Blessings galore in 24 and and all types of illustrious and and fascinating words for 2024. I think they're great. I'm not coming down on anybody, but I heard the Lord say to us on that one Sunday as we were ministering right here, pray more in 24. Say it one more time. Pray more in 24. Pray more in 24. And I want today to eliminate the stigma, Don, the stigma that surrounds prayer. There is a certain sort of stigma that we have regarding prayer that I think is unfair and I don't think is true. And I want to go ahead and eliminate that because we have been taught in certain ways what prayer is, and, uh, and it, you know, the way I have was taught when I was little was, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty boring. You know, it was pretty weird. I had to come to God and I had to ask God. This is how I was taught when I was a kid. I had to ask God to forgive me for all my sins. And then I had to name them. And, and you had to just go through what you did throughout the day. These were all the sins. And then you had to add a special, those that were named and those that weren't named, you know. And if you didn't include this in your prayer, then God didn't receive your prayer. He didn't accept your prayer because you had to be sin conscious in order to come into his presence. And I think because of bad teaching and religion, I think a lot of people are scared of prayer. I think people are intimidated by prayer. Matter of fact, I did a little research, and only 20% of Americans profess to even pray. And of that 20%, females pray more than males. And so there's an intimidating factor. There is a condemnation factor connected to prayer that I really want to eliminate the stigma surrounding prayer. Prayer ought not be a tolling task that you hate to be involved with. That ought not be. Prayer ought not be something where you're like, oh, Lord, I got to get up and I got to pray. 
Ah, man, I just hate praying, and I'm tired of praying, and prayer doesn't work, and I just don't want to pray. And pastor got up, and he said, pray more in 24. My goodness, that just sounds boring. I want to hear a word that says, um, money cometh in 24, you know, whatever the case may be. No, we're going to have to connect with God more this year. Uh, I read, woke up early this morning and was reading 1 Timothy 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, verse, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 or so, talking about in the last days, there are going to be difficult times. There are going to be extremely fierce times in these last days, and we're going to have to learn how to walk with God, how to hear from God, how to commune with God, how to fellowship with God, and how to know what God is saying when there's difficulty surrounding us. Somebody say Amen. Now, in this passage of Scripture we just read, Paul tells us that we have become a new creature in Christ. If you have accepted Jesus into your life, you've believed his death, burial, and his resurrection, you've noticed that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, and you've acknowledged that his sacrifice was, is what will save you from all of the penalties of your sin, then you have become a new creature in Christ. That word new means original, fresh, never used before. You became a species species of being that has never existed before. Not on the outside, on the inside. Something happened to you on the inside Don, I got to tell Don's testimony. He shared it publicly, so I'm going to share it publicly. Don, who was an alcoholic, involved in drugs, a racist, gave his life to Jesus and instantly was free from all of that. I'm a black man. He's a white man. I'm his pastor. Amen. You're talking about a new creation in Christ. He became new. Not on the outside. I love you too. Not on the outside. But on the inside, a species of a being that never existed before, he is new. And part of the new aspect that took place when you gave your life to Jesus, I remember as an eight, nine-year-old boy back in 1985, True Victory Baptist Church in North Pole, Alaska, I gave my life to the Lord. Pastor Ulysses Reed was the leading pastor. He is still pastoring today. Just turned over 80. Uh, praise God. Yeah, he's, he's going strong in ministry. And, and I walked up to the front and gave my life to the Lord. And, and I became a new creature. I knew that I needed a Savior. And he delivered me from all of the penalties of my sin. Glory be to God. A change took place. I'm standing here today because of that moment I gave my life to the Lord. Not a lot happened in between, praise God, but I'm here now, hallelujah, and I'm standing strong delivering the word to you. And so you became, just like, just, like, just like me, if you gave your life to the Lord, matter of fact, I just sensed the Lord, if you have never given your life to the Lord and you say, I'm ready, I'm tired of running, I don't know what my relationship with Jesus looks like, I don't know where I'll go if I die, I don't know what's happened, I need some help, just shout with me, everybody shout with me with those who are shouting for the first time, Jesus is Lord, shout that. That's it. That's all it takes. 
That's it. You know, we don't have to go through 10, 10 minutes of repeat after me and, and I'm this and I'm that. Just Jesus is Lord. Immediately a transformation takes place in your life. If you've done that for the first time, let me know. Let us know online. I want to get some materials in your hand because now it's time for you to grow in what you have experienced. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now, the new part of being a new creation in Christ is found in John chapter 14, 23, and other verses of Scripture that we are going to read today. I want to show you an aspect of what's new that you have experienced when you became a believer. Look here in verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and make our home with him. Hmm. Now notice here in John chapter 14, verse 23, notice that you are going to be loved by the Father, and the Father and, the, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's the we. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will come to you and do what? Visit? Uh, come and just chill for a day or two? Come have dinner? No. They're going to come. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is going to come and make their home with you. So part of the new creation in Christ is God himself is coming to live in you. Say this, God lives in me. Say this, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Say this, Christ Jesus lives in me. Now, when we understand this aspect of God living on the inside of you and I, we'll begin to understand that prayer is not a distant thing. Prayer is near because God is here. Prayer is near. I don't have to go somewhere to pray. I don't have to gather at the church to pray. I don't have to gather with a bunch of friends to pray. Nothing wrong with any of those things. You can pray every single moment of every single day because God is here and God is near. He is in you. He is in you. He's in you. You can walk around and pray consistently because he's in you. He's in you. Say this. He's in me. He's in me. Say it. Just, just keep saying it. He's in, me. he's in me. He's in me. He's in me. He's in me. Acknowledging the presence of the Lord in you is prayer. Listen to me. Just simply acknowledging that God is with me and he's in me is what 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. That literally is praying without ceasing. I'm acknowledging he is in me. Now, as we continue, we're going to talk about 
the aspects of prayer. We're going to get into praying in the name of Jesus, and we're going to get in praying in tongues and praying in the spirit and the prayer of agreement and the prayer of faith and intercessory prayer. And we're going to get into all these things where prayer is concerned. But first and foremost, acknowledge where God is. He is in me. Say it again. God is in me. Say this. He lives in me. Now go to 1 Corinthians 3, 16. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Take a look here. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, say those next three words, dwells in you? Now make it personal. Where does the Spirit of God dwell? In me. So you are the temple. So you are the house of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, one thing about the Spirit of God dwelling in you is understanding his omnipresence. Omnipresence simply means God is everywhere, always, at the same time. (laughs) My brain cannot fathom that. But God is everywhere, always, at the same time. He's omnipresent. He's with, he's with us right now, and there are churches meeting over in Antarctica. Are people living in Antarctica? Well, if they are, there are churches meeting over there. He is there too, praise God. He's with me always, at the same time, everywhere, God is omnipresent. But notice he doesn't manifest himself to the same degree everywhere, always at the same time. Why? Because he's not acknowledged everywhere, always at the same time. He will manifest himself to a different degree when you acknowledge that he lives in me. Now understand, God is the God of the universe. He's everywhere, but he's chosen you and I to live inside. Glory be to God. God lives in me. Say that. He dwells and he resides and he lives in me. Not a portion of God. All of God. That's the new aspect of being a new creation, that God lives inside of my spirit. The reason why he's in my, I'm the temple, because he's in my spirit. The Holy Spirit is in my spirit. See, you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your your thinker, your chooser. You know, what you feel is your soulless realm. And you live in a body. This body is going to be temporary. It's, I mean, you reach 120, you gone. Notice you gone from this body. You don't cease to exist. You gave your life to the Lord just a few minutes ago, so you're going to heaven, praise God. Your spirit and your soul is going to heaven, praise the Lord. But you still exist, and the new part of being a new creature in Christ is God has chosen to live in you. And prayer is near. 
Prayer is very near. Just acknowledge it. I've been walking around since January 1st because I, I got a jump start. I knew I was going to talk about this, you know. January 1st, God lives in me. Just pause it. God lives in me. He lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in me. He's not floating around the atmosphere somewhere, you know, hanging out in Jupiter and, and just going, you know, just kind of just doing, you know, hanging out under the ocean somewhere. He is in me. He's in me. Say that. He's in me. Say it again. He's in me. Say it one more time like you mean it. He's in me. He's in me. He is in me. God's in me. That is prayer. Now, in prayer, we're usually taught to say a lot of stuff. When every time we've talked about prayer, it's, go with God and let me pray. God, I thank you. And, you. and then we don't give God any time to talk back to us. So we do all the talking. But prayer is communication. We'll get into this in this series. It's communication. It's talking and listening. And who should do the most talking? The one who knows the, the most. The one who knows the least should be quiet. But in prayer, the one who knows the least, what we've been taught about prayer is the one who knows the least is doing all the talking. And the one who knows the most knows should do the most talking. And so acknowledging God lives in me. His spirit lives in me. He resides in me. He dwells in me. He lives in me. Go to 2 Corinthians 6 and meet me at verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. Watch this. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. Mm. and walk among them. Who said that? Who said that? God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God has decided, this is a new part of being a new creature in Christ. He's decided to live in you. I will live in you. Here's the new part. I'm coming to live on the inside of you. So prayer is near. It's, it's literally right in your gut. This is where prayer is all about. And it's, Lord, I acknowledge you're right here. And when I go get on the airplane and go to another state, you came with me. And when I go and visit someone, you're with me. Um, my son Zavin asked me last night, what's one of the most dangerous cities I've ever been to. And I'm going to say it out loud. I said, man, Detroit was a very dangerous city. I said, Detroit, I said, I, said, I was scared in Detroit. I remember my dad was with me in Detroit and he had a little talk with me before we got into Detroit. Like, okay, if something happened, you know, this, I, I mean, he prepped me, right? But as a little boy, I said, God's with me, Kurt. God's with me. He's in me. He's in me. He's in me. He's in me. What should I fear? 
He's in me. He's going to tell me what to do. He's going to lead me where I should go. And dad and I prayed together before we went into the inner city of Detroit. He's in me. He's in me. Then I went to Chicago. And that's another dangerous thing. <laughs> and, it, and they said we had to leave a certain neighborhood before the sun went down. And I said, well, guess what? I'm not no fool. The sun going down. We about to go. But I reminded myself that the Lord is in me. Say he's in me. When fear strikes you, he's in me. When, when you feel overwhelmed, he's in me. When you don't know what to do, he's in you. When you are afraid, he's in you. When you are dismayed, he's in you. He's in you. And all you have to do is acknowledge God is here. That's prayer. God is here. And now you're praying because now you're at a place of listening and speaking and acknowledging he's here. Several weeks ago, Stacy's van, our van, um, during Christmas time, she said the van wouldn't start. And so I was near, she was shopping, and I was, it didn't matter if I was near or not, I had to go, okay, so, but thank God I was near. And so I, I drove over, you know, went to the place, the van was stopped, looks like the battery had died. We, we jumped the, the van, and then I told her, take my car and the kids back. I'll take the van, go get a new battery. We go get a new battery. They installed it. Good thing. Start the car. Came home. Next morning, she wakes up. Van won't start. I said, man, we just got a brand new battery in that van. Van won't start. So we're in a, we're in a garage. She's sitting, in and, in, you know, she comes, gets me. I come, I... And she's standing by the window. I get in, the van wouldn't start. She goes, I got to go. The van, you know, the van won't start. I got to go. I said, God is in me. God's in me. Lord, why won't the van start? Jumped out the van. I went into the house, sat on the couch. She goes, well, I got to go. I said, take my car. She took the car. I sat there. Lord, why won't the van start? And I just sat there. He's in me. I didn't have to go to, I didn't have to run to, a, to the church and pray. I didn't have to go to your house and pray. I didn't need Kurt to get on the keyboard. He's, he's in me right here on the couch. The Lord said, the battery in the key fob is dead. Go get the spare key fob. I go get the spare key fob, boom. This car starts right up. Then we change the battery in the regular one. How, how, how do you get answers like that? Because he's in you. He's in you. He's in you. He, he, knew, he knew why it wouldn't start. He knew. And so what we need to do is be still and know. Now, there are moments that it's hard to be still. There are moments that maybe your profession, you, you're on the go. You got to keep it bouncing and moving. You can't just stop and go sit on the couch, right? You might not be able to do that. While you're bouncing, he's in me. He is in me. God is in me. Praise God. Come on, Klein. Yeah, I got you. Come on here. Have a seat. Yeah. He's in me. He's in me. I need to know what to do, Lord. What do I do? He's in me. And as you're moving, God can speak to you and say, this is it. This is it. Because he's not far. He's near. Somebody say, he's near. He's not far. He is near. Put the next verse on the screen. What did I say? Uh, put the next. I don't know what it is. Um, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 27. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ for, are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. You want to know the secret? Here it is. Christ lives in you. That's the secret. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Where does Christ live? Where does Christ live? Where does Christ live? Our revelation of where he lives would cause you to acknowledge him wherever you are. It doesn't matter wherever you are. Oh, I got to get to my prayer closet. You don't. You can listen to him right there. Oh, I've, I, you know what? I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and pray. That's wonderful, and I think you should. But you don't have to because he lives in you, and you can acknowledge him right where you are. We should be praying all the time. I heard someone say this. I don't know who said it, but I heard a man of God say this. He said, I never go, I never spend more than 20 minutes praying, and I never go 20 minutes without praying. Oh, I love that. I never spend more than 20 minutes praying, and I never go 20 minutes without praying. I love it. What is he saying? I'm walking in a continual acknowledgement of prayer and communion and fellowship, and God is with me, and he's here, and he's in me, and he's with me, and he's here, and he lives in me. He lives in me. He lives in me. He abides in me. He dwells in me. He's right here. He's right here. He's not far. He's right here, and although I might miss the mark, guess what? Guess what if you miss the mark? Your spirit didn't miss the mark. Your body did. But your spirit is still fresh and new with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Are you listening to me? And so your body missed it. Yeah, I missed it. I shouldn't have ate those cupcakes at 3 a.m. And I said I wasn't going to do it. But I woke up and I went straight down to that cabinet and I grabbed them cupcakes. I've sinned. I can't pray anymore because I've sinned. No, your spirit didn't sin. Your body did. So forgive yourself, your body. Forgive your body, we forgive you. Don't do that no more now. I'm going to beat you next time you do it, right? I'm going to do 30 burpees. But your spirit is still fresh, still communion with the Holy Spirit. Your, your spirit, I just hear the Lord saying this. Somebody needs to hear this. Your spirit doesn't sin. So when you miss the mark, God is, he's with you. He, is, he didn't leave you. He's, he didn't say, oh, my gosh. Tanel didn't, there she goes, she cussed. Okay, you know what? Let's move out. Let's move out. Come on, pack up, everybody. Holy Spirit, grab the dog. We, we moving out. We out, he, no, no. Holy, the Holy Spirit said, we stand. We're going to help her stop cussing. Praise the Lord. Tanel doesn't cuss, by the way, but thank you for your example. We're going to help. We're going to stay. Because we're near. And God said, I have chosen to live in you. Where does God live? Now, God is real cool that he is also, he's in you, and he's in the atmosphere, and he's in a lot of people, and he's, he, the scriptures say that even if you go down to the depths of the, of the sea, he's there too. God, God is so cool. He's everywhere. 
But he chose to put all of the fullness of himself. Colossians talks about that. Dwells on the inside of you. So when you hear teaching like God is in you, it should cause you to feel like there's nothing I can't do. The Lord says, go, I want you to go up to that person. They're unsaved. You're in Walmart. I want you to go up to that person. I want you to share my goodness with them. I want you to go up to that person, and they need prayer. I want you to go and pray with them. You ain't got to be afraid. You ain't got to be scared. You ain't got to be intimidated. Somebody of essence lives on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. Somebody who's important is in me. Somebody who knows what they're talking about is with me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Don't walk around timid anymore. Don't walk around afraid. God lives in you. Jesus is full of wisdom, and he lives on the inside of you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Turn there real quick. Galatians chapter 2. Are y'all getting something out of the word? Galatians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but what's happening? Christ lives in me. Say that. Christ lives in me. Now say it like you mean it. Where does he live? And the life which I now live, watch this, I'm still living my life in the flesh. I live by faith that he's in me, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. What we're doing right now, when we're acknowledging his residency, we're praying. And we're listening. He he lives. He he lives in me. He, He lives in me. He lives in me. He lives in me. He lives in me. So therefore, I can hear him. He he will speak to me. More often than not, God's going to speak to you in your gut area than than your head. More often than not, he's not going to speak to you here. And And he's not, I've never heard God with these two, my two natural ears. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I don't even know if I want to hear the audible voice of God. That means I must have been doing something entirely wrong if God's got to yell at me, okay? But I, I hear his voice on the inside of me. Like he told me with the car, it's the, bat- the battery's dead in the key fob. I, I just, I didn't come up with that. I would have never thought about that. The Holy Spirit spoke to me because he lives. He lives in me. And there are things that he'll say to you because only he knows. People ask me, well, how did you know that? I I didn't know that. The Holy Spirit revealed it to me. And and the way he did is he spoke it here and it it came up through my mind and my soulless realm. And that's really how it activated. I heard it here and it came up, go get the new key fob. It's, it's It's the battery. It's there. Go get the new, go get the spare. Come. And then, and then you do it. It's like, that's God. He's there. He wants to talk to us. If it's important to you, it's important to him. No one else knows how to make a doghouse than God. (laughs) 
If it's important, you support him. I got to tell this story. My mother, she lost her AirPod. And she said, Spirit of God, where is this AirPod? The Lord's in me. And how many of you know if you lose AirPod, you are looking for this AirPod? And she said that, you know, jokingly, she went to the cat and said, Cat, <laughs> find me this AirPod. And, you know, I, we got to find this AirPod. She said, six, seven days later, the cat is playing with the AirPod. <laughs> she said, Devon, I kid you not, the cat, she said, it had been gone for three months. And she said, now the cat didn't walk up with the AirPod, okay, or didn't have the AirPod in its ears. And look, and don't get weird, don't get weird. All she was saying was she, was she saw the AirPod and she was just kind of playing with the cat. Cat, find me this AirPod. She said, I kind of jokingly did that. And three, four, five days later, the cat was beating up the AirPod. And so she told me about it. We laughed about it. I said, God loves you so much that he found that AirPod for you. Where does God live? Say it again. Do you know this? Where does he live? Y'all responding like you don't know this. Where does he live? Do you need more verses? Do I need to share more verses of where God resides? Well, I will. 1 John chapter 4. Let's go there. Let's look at verse 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Look what John tells us. You are of God, meaning you are born of God. You are from God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Come on, somebody say, he's in me. Say, he lives in me. He dwells in me. He resides in me. The gifts of the Spirit are in me. The fruit of the Spirit is in me. If you believe it, stand up. The nature of God is in me. Come on, say it like you mean it. The nature of God is in me. The Spirit of God is in me. The resurrection power of God is in me. God lives in me. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Watch this. Remain standing. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Take a look at this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Watch this. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, where does he dwell? In you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells where? In me. me. Watch this. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Where does this spirit live? The power of God that that was on the inside of Jesus. Jesus was dead. He was buried. The power of God that got on the inside of him to raise him from the dead, get him out of that tomb, walk right up out of that tomb, to walk around town, ascend into heaven, to return 40 days. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Oh, I'm, 
I'm sick. I got flu-like symptoms. I'm so sick, I'm so sick, I'm so sick. You need to start saying the same spirit. Now, you need to stay home, maybe, but the same spirit. You might need to take a little cough medicine, but the same spirit. Come on, somebody. Are y'all with me today? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how you experience true life. The Spirit of God lives in you. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.